your customers are an asset and that's why Amazon's yes. protecting them because that's their asset, right? 100%. So if we're building a brand, we need to focus on building our assets, which is just not only our products, it's also the customer itself, right? Welcome to the Ecom Wiz Podcast, a podcast that helps Amazon sellers to dominate the marketplace. And I do mean dominate. Dominate. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon influencers in the industry. This is the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody. My name is David Liggins II, and I'm here on behalf of Feedback Wiz. I'm hosting the podcast, and I have a special guest today, Andre Sadlak. Um, We'll definitely get to how we we met here. I'm in Seattle, Washington. I'm based out of Seattle, Washington. But I just want to. Um, this is my formally introduce myself. This is my first po um, podcast with Feedback Wiz. I'm definitely excited to be here, and I'm hoping that we can provide some content for you, something that's valuable, something that you can learn from, and definitely we're going to be targeting more intermediate and advanced sellers. But the information here is definitely good for beginners. You're going to hear a lot about the experiences of others and people, um, Amazon sellers who have um, for different phases of their, their business. So I'm um, definitely pay attention. I'm gonna do my best to have great conversations with our guests and provide some great content, some gems for you. So um, I hope you're ready for it and definitely stay tuned. All right, Andre, man. So this is kind of crazy. So I guess we'll get started. It's a little bit of an introduction. So we can just talk a little bit about yourself, um, maybe about your Amazon journey, just a little bit. And we could talk about how we kind of met because now we've gone full circle here um, when we first met in Seattle. So we definitely can start off and I can definitely uh, chime in when we get there. For sure, David. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm definitely happy to share what I know, share my experience. If it's helpful for someone, that's amazing. So my name is Andre, Andre Sub. I'm originally from Ukraine, so I'm an immigrant. I live in Canada, Vancouver, BC, um, and I've been in this game for like three and a half to four years now. Uh, the business I've just sold was technically three years old since the first days of sales, right? <laughs> and I sold it for half a million uh, in November 2020, and now I'm working on a new brand. So I live and breathe e-commerce. I love hanging out with other entrepreneurs, and I'm, I'm happy to share. So I'm, I'm glad that we do have this conversation right now. Absolutely, man. And it's crazy. You know, one of the things that we had talked about, Andre, is that um, everybody has different paths with this business and entrepreneurship in general, right? Um, and in this particular case, you know, we just kind of met up, just kind of brainstorm, just talk, introduce ourselves because the community can, even though you may think there's a lot of sellers and things like that, the community is pretty small, and especially people who are willing to like, um, yeah. connect and, you know, share, et cetera. So you have these different pockets um, with their social media and um, within, you know, the places that you live in the States. But now, given this current state of the country and the world, um, things have been a little bit different. It's been more difficult to like connect with people. Everybody's been in silos. And so this is one yeah, of those opportunities absolutely. where we can connect and share. But fortunately, we had the time to connect before then. I think that was, that may have been a couple of years ago. Was that 2018 when we- I think so, yeah. I was still in deep in the grind trying to figure that business out. <laughs> right, man, that was crazy. Cause I, I remember we had talked about a particular problem that, you were trying to solve with your product. Um, we're just looking at some designs, just kind of brainstorming and some ideas, et cetera. Um, yeah, not yeah, sure exactly yeah. what happened with that, I guess it went well, but um, you know, we were at different points in our business when we we had talked, right? I think 100%. my business at the time was doing fairly well. I think I was doing anywhere between uh, 35 and maybe 45 or so um, thousand during that point. Uh, I had some struggles before that for sure. Uh, but I think that's where I was at when I, I met you and it kept going for a while and then running through some challenges like always, but um, you know, I'm still in the business also. 
But um, with that being said, tell us a little bit about kind of your experience in um, going through um, an entrepreneurship and also selling on Amazon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The reason I wanted to start was that location independence and that time freedom that this business can provide eventually. And that was actually uh, the, the reason I met you. Like I would not be able to meet you otherwise because I would be in a nine to five job, but I was able to live in Tacoma at that point in mm. Washington state, just because I was traveling, exploring different places. And I had an opportunity to stay in the Washington state. I was like, yeah, that's a beautiful place to be. So I spent a couple of months there and that's why I was reached out to you because you were uh, we had lots of mutual friends. I was like, oh, he's a cool dude. I, I better meet him while I'm here, you know? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Um, I know a lot of people start this business for the financial and time freedom. Um, this business can def definitely give you that. But at the same time, there's a lot of work involved. Oh, yeah. um, There's a lot of work to get to where you are today, you know? And like I said, everybody's path is different. And I'm still getting to the point where I'm in a position to sell my business. You know, that's something I, I still am working and striving towards. Um, and mm -hmm. at the time, we both weren't in that position in order to do that. We we're both thinking about yeah. doing that at some point, but we were still building our businesses from the ground up. Yeah. And here you are, you know, um, a half a million dollars later and one sold business later. Um, and we're on a, a different side of the fence, I have to say, you know, and so but this is the way it works. You know, um, everybody's path is going to be different. So let's talk a little bit about that, you know, because a lot of people get in here get to entrepreneurship because obviously they want money or time freedom. There's different reasons and motivation for it. Mm -hmm. Amazon selling, I know there's a lot of a big stigma around, uh, you know, the freedom, et cetera. And you, you can have that freedom, but you have to put in the work also. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about that work. You know, what, I guess, what has been your biggest challenge with your business? I know we want to talk about how you were able to build your brand both on and off Amazon. And I think that's mm -hmm. something that a lot of people don't really focus on is the external traffic, the external brand building, if you will. Um, and also maybe um, we can get into um, what made you decide to think to sell and then how you went about going about selling that if you don't mind sharing. But um, if you don't mind, let's start off about some of the challenges that you've encountered through entrepreneurship and selling on Amazon. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I feel like what needs to be done is pretty straightforward. Like anyone who sells on Amazon or builds another kind of uh, e-commerce store, they understand what needs to be done. I think the biggest part of the work that I had to accomplish was mostly mindset. Mm. Uh, so stuff you have to uh, accept or learn uh, about your beliefs. What will will what will you what what sorry what will get you to the goals that you want? So in my situation, uh, to bring bring us, uh, us back to the ground level, I was basically working a nine to five job, uh, and I didn't like that I was basically stick to that office. I like I even had to go and ask someone to to go and explore places if it's within the working hours, right? Mm. So to me it was limiting, and I was like, okay, there there must be a better way about building your career right yeah <laughs> so i reached out to a few people who were already doing some kind of online businesses uh and a person who was running a facebook ads marketing agency mm -hmm. uh connected me to someone who was already selling on amazon so to me it was the first connection i had also through zoom so he was living in malaysia at the time working okay. for mind valley and he basically told me hey yeah this works this is what you do i'm real it's actually happening i'm like okay now i believe you <laughs> So I was able to reach out to him from time to time with some questions, but I was super aggressive. I was like, okay, I'm, I'll make this work. Even if I lose everything I put into this, I'll give it a try. So I'll never regret, right? Mm -hmm. um, and at some point, I think it was like 
six months or so into selling. So after I launched the product, I was going okay. I was actually growing fairly well. I was very excited. I, I remember I crossed 20K in sales in a month in, I think it was 2018, yeah, early 2018. I celebrated with my wife, went to a Greek restaurant, which I, I didn't really go to restaurants before. <laughs> you know, immigrant, I came with nothing. Um, and I was like, okay, it's going somewhere. It's awesome. Even if I am at this level, but it becomes just stable that was just the first months of 20k months mm. uh then it's already good enough for me to look for uh like upgrading my lifestyle changing something here right mm. maybe quitting the job a couple months later i started receiving one to start views like every day and lots of emails and i was like okay there's something wrong what's happening and i quickly learned that my product which is scratch off map uh does not work people were saying hey I, i'm scratching this but it's not scratching there's something with it, mm. I'm returning it, whatever. I don't like it, uh, horrible quality, whatever. And I was manufacturing that in Europe. Uh, it's still manufacturing in Europe right now for the higher quality. So to me, it was like a big punch in the mouth. I was like, there's what happened? Like, how, how can this be true? And that was the newest inventory, part of it just arrived by air, just to be in stocks, which mm. I paid extra for, obviously. And I know that the rest of it is still on the way. And in total, it was 5,000 units. So I'm like, if there's a problem in those 5,000 units, that's a big freaking problem <laughs> absolutely so what ended up happening uh because I, like there was I, the demand for the product was pretty strong given summertime but the amount of feedback negative feedback i was receiving was just not acceptable so i re recalled all of the inventory from all of the amazon warehouses i was like okay it's a hard decision but i need to figure something out and we uh studied the problem in a 3pl warehouse in new york uh, they basically recorded some videos, did all kinds of testing to show me what's happening. And about 10 to 15% of those maps could not be scratched well. So you, you wouldn't scratch without damaging the product, uh, which is a problem if it's a scratch off map, right? right. <laughs> and the biggest problem is 10 to 15% doesn't sound like too big of a deal if you could sort them, set them apart and send the rest of it back to the inventory. It would definitely be uh, not ideal, but like it's not a big deal, but if you think about it, you can only determine if it's working or not when you use it. And when you use it, it's not usable anymore. Yeah. So in other words, 5,000 units went straight to garbage. <laughs> and I'm out of stock for the next about five months. And so that's those are tough business decisions. But yeah, continue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at that time, I'm losing the job. They asked me to leave. And wow, at that okay. time, I'm like, okay, I, have, I still have this mortgage. Um, what do I do? Do I look for a different job? Do I focus on fixing this business, which at this point is non-existent right now? There's no inventory. I only had one product at the time, just the beginning of this journey. Um, so I decided to go to the bank, take a line of credit uh, to order more inventory. In the meantime, we developed a proper quality inspection process because it was not done well before. And since it's manufacturing in Ukraine, I had to find someone who was pretty much saying, hey, yeah, I think I can do this. Not someone who's done it before. Mm. There's no infrastructure whatsoever. It's not like you can just call an inspection company in Ukraine. They don't manufacture stuff. But not as much as in China, right, right. obviously, right? So that was quite a process. We developed a, a very rigorous inspection process, which kind of ensured nothing like that can ever happen in the future. So I borrowed money from the bank. I ordered more. So now I'm not just at zero. I, I'm negative uh, ordering more inventory because I know Q4 is big for these products. And I was like, if I make it work, it better be in stock by 
in the latest yeah. early December. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I'm delivering food in the meantime to make ends meet and pay the mortgage. And also uh, did some Airbnb. So my spare bedroom was rented all the time. And in summertime, it's quite a demand for that little town where we used to live in Kelowna. Uh, we'd rent out the entire town home and we'd go to the mountains, explore, mm -hmm. sleep in the car, sleep in a tent and have somebody pay our mortgage in the meantime, you know? Yeah. So Airbnb helped a lot, delivery food helped a lot. Uh, government support was another source of income that kind of kept me going. And then I have inventory back in stock. Uh, I'm selling that townhouse uh, because I decided that I need to pay back that loan. It was way too stressful. <laughs> so paid back line of credit. I had enough cash to keep it going if, if I decide to continue that business and I'm flying to Bali. And from then on, I was basically running the business online and it worked out. Fingers crossed, like, but it, it did work out. So December already had like 50K uh, a month in sales. Uh, so I was like sitting in Bali, sipping that coconut juice or whatever, thinking, hey, that was quite a year, man. <laughs> hey, Bali is a great time, let me tell you. It's a wonderful time. Oh, yeah, 100%. I love those places. So that, that's basically when I met you. It was about eight months of traveling, Southeast Asia, Mexico, and the United States. So when I was in the United States exploring the national parks and stuff, uh, I was living in Tacoma, and I reached out to you to meet. Because I think originally we met on the Ecom Hub Summit in Vancouver. I yeah, like, I think so. Oh, Maybe that was it. it. Yeah, uh, with Tom, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we didn't really talk much there, but I was like, yeah, I know him and he lives here. I need to, to meet, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I was excited to meet people here in, in Washington State. So it was it was awesome. And so, you know, this is really interesting. And so one of the things I want to point out is that you had a situation where you couldn't just recall the inventory, check it out and, you know, send it back in for the things that were correct. Right. And a lot of cases, and it, many cases you can save your a lot of your inventory by pretty much going one by one and figuring out which one to write which one's defective and send it by the end yeah. it's timely it could be costly but it's not as costly as losing your whole inventory in this particular no. scenario you've lost your inventory because the only way to check is to use it you know and yeah. so that when you talk about mindset and i've definitely been there before having to feel like you start over after investing thousands of dollars into the business the product yourself is challenging to you know overcome sometimes it's like oh man here i go i have to do this all over again so you really have to believe in yourself the you know your, your data that you may have looked at um mm -hmm. what you're trying to accomplish you have to be very clear about those things um to kind of continue on and so i think that's really important when you talk about mindset of a seller because you're going to go through challenges and you're going to go through tough ones like this you could have easily said you know what this is not it for me you know but you didn't do that. And so you saw the potential. Um, right. One thing I do want to pivot on is how were you able to communicate with the people in your brand, right? So um, maybe, maybe at that point, you know, you haven't really started building that brand externally or building your groups, et cetera. But how were you able to communicate like, oh, we kind of messed up here. That's okay. Um, did you reimburse those customers? They returned it. Did you send them a new one? Um, what's about communication? Because we know Amazon is very strict on... Yeah reaching out to customers, right? So having that asset, having your customer's information outside of Amazon is extremely important. It's growing more important um, day by day. It's been very important since I started Amazon, you know, like four, four and a half years ago to now, right? Even more so now. So tell me a little bit about that, your communication with your customers, how are you able to build that brand externally, et cetera? Yeah, David, I'm glad you're asking this because I think that's that was the main thing that kept me going. It was if it was purely for the money, I'd probably cut my losses and move on. But <laughs> I, I started that community even before I launched the product. 
so a community for travelers. It was called Traveling Civilization, okay. and Travelization kind of rhymes. Uh, so it was basically for people like me because I created a product that was the best for myself, a global citizen, somebody who likes exploring, mm-hmm. um, adventurous people, you know. So that community was probably around, I would say maybe 2,000 people or so and fairly engaged. When so you, built, you built a community of 2,000 people prior to you actually creating a product. Prior to launching the product, it was probably close to 1,000. But around the time I had the issue, it was about 2,000. Okay, yeah. okay. And a lot of people knew me. I was pretty active, obviously, in my own community. So they, they knew that I was the founder of the brand, um, selling these beautiful maps. And I explained to, to all of them that, hey, this is the best quality scratch-off map you can find. If you're looking for a world map to track your travels and you want the best one, you don't want to compromise, buy mine. You know? So they knew so that You were the face of this. your brand? I, I wouldn't call it that way, probably, because I wasn't like recording videos or anything like that, not really being an influencer, but I would moderate the group. I would ask okay. questions. Okay. I would invite people, you know, so I would kind of manage the community uh, okay. without being too much of a spokesman, you know, if, 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 gotcha. if, if it makes sense. But they knew me, right? So for me, it was basically, do I want to save these people from all of this Chinese competition that's not good quality product? or I'm okay with that and I'll let them use worse offerings that Mm. they have, right? So for me, it was more like being true to my tribe. And I was straight up and honest about what was happening. Uh, As soon as I learned what was happening, I was like, hey, of course, I think it was a video, maybe if you post telling, hey, I'm going through some tough times, here's what happened. So I'm out of stock right now because of this, but I'll keep you posted wait, if you plan to buy this soon, wait, I'll get back to, I'll fix this. Mm. So people knew that I'm going through some tough times. Uh, and uh, anyone who emailed me as well, which I think it was good that I built a brand as a proper brand from the get, because I made sure my stories all over the listings, uh, my inserts included that this is a family business. Here's who I am. Here's the community, everything about it. Right. So people knew that there's a human being behind it. It's not just a corporation. And if there's any issue, they knew that they could reach out. And that's why a lot of people did. So anyone who did email me, obviously I could email back because anyone who just went through Amazon, left one side of you, there's no way to reach out to them, right? right? So anyone who reached out to me uh, got a full refund right away, no questions. And also like honest, sincere uh, apologies and a promise to get back to them when we are back in stock and the issue is solved. Mm. Gotcha. And most of them, I'm sure, forgot about it. But by the time I was back in stock, I was like, okay, it's coming. I'll shoot an email saying, hey, we're almost there. So mm-hmm. about a week, two before I was back in stock, people who emailed me, which was probably like close to 50 people, <laughs> they got an email that, hey, wow. we're on the way. We fixed the problem. We're on the way. So I didn't find you, but I will also send you a free product as soon as we're back in stock. Got you. So that creates some momentum there too, right? And as soon as I was back in stock, I did reach out again. I basically let them get it for free. So, yeah, I think that was super helpful to get back on my both feet in terms of ranking and everything else. So, man, this man, you're hitting some really important stuff. And so let me ask you this. I mean, one of the things that a lot of um, Amazon sellers, you know, entrepreneurs who are selling on Amazon should say, they don't like to be kind of the face of their brand or known uh, and be in front of their brands, I should say, right? Because, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's pretty taboo. You know, there's a lot of competition out there, et cetera, you know. Um, it's probably a little bit less now, but you know, when I first started, I mean, it was one of those things you want to sell on Amazon, sell on Amazon and teach Amazon and do all these things. So by getting open about what you're selling, it kind of opened the door to letting everybody come in and try to like steal your idea or get in your niche, et cetera. So it's just counterproductive, right? So we don't really talk about our products, but 
being but you could still be the face of your brand without necessarily being out there maybe eventually be found if it's on the internet but you know that's really interesting take on it so um more power to you on that one I, I definitely i would love to be like in front of my brands because i feel like i can be more personable i can talk about the products i can talk about any issues you may have be maybe having etc but at the same time we do risk you know being on social media etc and people kind of finding out what we're making money yeah or, you know, there's some risks for so sure unfortunate I, I, but say it again 100%. yeah there's some risk for sure but i feel like uh, the benefits of being a human relatable brand are like they way outweigh the the risks with that. And mm -hmm. specifically in my case, uh, I went into the niche where differentiating matters. And mm -hmm. I think it's very important. Like I, I do not recommend people to go into niches where it's just a me too product. There's no difference, maybe better marketing, right? It's hard because at the end of the day, you will end up competing on price if you're just the same offering, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. In my case, I put my heart and soul into it. I designed a better product. It was the only United Nations compliant because it was made in Europe, not in China. In China, it had to comply with Chinese regulations. And also, like, I made sure it's done well. And I have design background. And I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to visual stuff. So I knew that this is the best product. Why would I not share this with my friends? Mm -hmm. You know, I want to save them from buying the crappiest ones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But <laughs> I probably wouldn't be able to do it with, a, with an iPhone case. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. Right. <laughs> don't, don't, guys, please don't do an iPhone case. Andre, man, you've, you've mentioned some very good stuff. And I, I do want to dive a little bit deep on how you built your community, right? Because we understand how important communities are um, about your brand. When you have a community and it's a growing community that's thriving, that's communicating and ex excited and have passion for what um, your brand is about, you can start creating products for that community that solves their problems and things that yep. they want and things that they're passionate about. And that's really key. So I know a lot of people who started brands by building the community first. Cause when you have the community, you can sell stuff to them, et cetera. Yep. Versus what a lot of sellers do right now is building a product that's in demand, et cetera. And, you know, solving some problems that hopefully you're solving some problems, but then selling it to people who already have their wallets out versus building that brand first. Um, or while they're building this product and then selling that product to this brand. So if we could dive a little bit deeper into how were you able to build that community? What strategies, tools, um, actions did you take in order to get that going? Um, and maybe some challenges people may run into um, when trying to build you know, external traffic in that community um, that's off of Amazon. Absolutely, yeah. I think a lot of people underestimate the value of controlling your traffic and overestimate the value of having Amazon's traffic, right? And it's amazing, like there are pros and cons to uh, any approaches uh, here, but like, I, I love, I hate Amazon for the same, um, for the same reason here, because Amazon is great when uh, you just have a product, you don't have any traffic whatsoever, it'll give you the traffic and you share with Amazon basically, right? And if you can take advantage of that and add some brand power on your own, then you're multiplying the, the growth, right? So in my case, I started this community as soon as I determined, hey, I love traveling. The reason I'm building this business is to be able to travel. There will be just pretty much me sharing my journey and uh, me uh, talking to other people like me, which I enjoy doing anyways. Why would I not start this community? And even if it's small, not a big deal. It's not the size, it's quality that matters. And uh, what was the worst that can happen? Someone will see that I'm selling these maps. They'll try to make a better one. Amazing. I'll, I'll have to level up myself, you know? <laughs> so to me, it was really a no brainer. Uh, but 
here, here's what I think is misunderstood very often. It's not only uh, like the purpose of the community is not only to sell to these people, but also to create awareness. Uh, just like if you know, when you search on Amazon, uh, a lot of people look at the products, let's say they look at the main images, they have hundreds of options and they end up buying one, right? So with the community is the same thing. It's not like everybody from my community bought from me, right? But they know that I'm doing this business. They know about the brand. And if they ever think about the product like that, they think of me first, right? Because there's that connection that I already built, the relationship I've built. I created value. Like if somebody let's say post that they want to go to, uh, I don't know, Spain, and I've been there, I'd give them recommendations. I connect to someone local I know there, you know. So I, I'll help them in other ways. It's not like I, I'm not friends with them if they if they don't buy, right? Absolutely. And that relationship builds rapport and creates something unique and special about the brand. Even if they don't buy, their friend will buy for me because they tell their friend to buy for me, you know. <laughs> and it's hard to measure. Like it's really hard to measure the impact, but it's uh, like it's it's been. A, a magic trick that I had compared to my, to my competition, I could basically launch other products that I knew would work because I built them together with my community. And the best example was me launching the next map, which was a United States national park map. Gotcha. And I love national parks. I love exploring nature. I, I know a lot of Americans who are, uh, who are in my community there uh, are the same. Like they love adventuring. They love national parks. So basically one day I was like, hey, I see that this these maps exist but they're not really to my liking if i created a national parks uh scratch off map uh what do you think is important what should i include there maybe flags of states maybe landmarks maybe um a list of national parks on the side um maybe highest peaks and everything i could think of i kind of put in there and let people vote and we had that open mm -hmm. conversation for weeks and then i hired a cartographer who was professional for that and i'm myself uh, quite a perfectionist in controlling the, the quality of the work. Right. So over the next few months, we developed pretty much the best scratch-off map of U.S. national parks ever. Okay. And that was done together with my community. And nice. anyone who contributed knew that they contributed. I was very explicit and I would, would thank everyone and I would talk to them privately as well if they wanted, right? So to when, when it went live, imagine the effect. When it goes live, you tell, hey, guys, we created this together. It's live now. I don't know how it's going to go, but if you want one, Here's an extra incentive. Get 10% off if you buy by tomorrow, you know? Gotcha. And you know what it does to Amazon ranking, right? A lot of organic no, traffic comes 100%. in, Absolutely. right? They search the right way. They do whatever you ask because you're friends. And it's like hundreds of people if you're friends. And yeah, even right. if it's just like 50, it's still going to make a great impact. And also, you know, it's the best possible product because they help to create it. It's the actual target audience that Absolutely. helps you create it, right? Absolutely. And, and then all of that content they create when they buy a product as well. You use it for Amazon posts. You use it on Facebook if you decide to run ads. And you post to your group from time to time so they know it's happening. You see, it's like when you're part of the community and someone else just like you from that community talks about the product, it kind of makes you excited as well. You check it out. It's not like a, one person who's always selling their product to you. It's mm -hmm. others that are excited about it that makes a big effect. Gotcha. So the social herd um, um, attention that we create that way goes a long way. And they leave reviews and they leave amazing reviews. And I don't necessarily even have to ask them all the time. They take pictures and videos of them scratching off that US National Park map. It goes to page one of, of the reviews, you know. So it, it, it's, a, it's a big snowball effect that most of, my, uh, most of my friends don't do, but none of my competition was doing, mm -hmm. which was the most important thing. Absolutely. And, and even if somebody was doing that, that'd be awesome. That would make me level up in that regard as well, you know. Yeah. So I feel like 
community is critical if you really care about the brand and if you have long-term perspective because it does take a lot of work like in the beginning i had just my friends who love traveling uh in the group so i invited everybody i knew who loves traveling later when the products were already selling each and every tube with the map had a little insert with a qr code and a website uh, and it said uh something along the lines of claim your freebie and it's valid for seven days after purchase mm. which is obviously i can't measure but people just read and act quickly if they see that right so they scan the QR code or they go to the web page they end up on my page which has a Facebook pixel in uh, for, for the for, for me to be able to retarget them if I decide to with ads um, but the the main thing is they click another button there they end up in my manager sequence so an automated messenger bot and okay. it talks about different things that a customer care should talk about. First of all, like if you want, you can apply for the lifetime warranty. Uh, for that, submit your email this way. And then here's your freebie. Uh, actually, ask them first, what did you buy? Because it was the same sequence for everybody. So they would select what switch product they bought. So I know if I ever have to address the issue or something, then here's the freebie. And the freebie in my case was an ebook, really well done ebook, like National Geographic hmm. kind of ebook for 21 epic hiking trails. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sorry to interrupt. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm digging to that a little bit. So yeah, yeah, you said that um did you have an insert in your product or were you targeting people to like Facebook ads to get them into your Facebook group for by any chance? Like what what was the starting process of like finding yeah, so starting, these people who are passionate about your product um right. and then getting them into your sequence? What did that look like? Yeah, in the very beginning, even before I had the the product, as I said, it was just fans who love traveling all over the world. So it wasn't even specific to the United States because I have mm -hmm. friends everywhere. And later on, uh, people who bought my product were encouraged to join. And this is the way I did it through the insert, right? Mm -hmm. So in the insert, I promised a freebie. And the first freebie was just a piece of content that's super high quality for them to choose where to travel within their own country. Okay. And people were grateful for that. That's obviously something I did not expect. I don't advertise it anywhere in the listing or anything like that. Uh, and then the second freebie was join this community. Okay. And that this community is great for uh, getting recommendations, for cost-effective traveling, places to explore nearby and globally. So a lot of people- So you gave them way. value first with the, the free content. Then if they engage with that content, then you yep. said, okay, hey, do you want to join this group of travelers? Pretty much. Yeah, it was yeah. all automated in the sequence. Uh, obviously, if somebody responded something outside of the um, predicted steps, I would come in and, and comment, communicate live. Uh, but basically, yeah, that sequence encouraged people who bought the product, joined the community as well. And surprisingly, a lot of them did. I, I can't calculate exactly, but probably like five to 10% of people uh, who bought the product would eventually join the community as well, mm -hmm. right? And that makes the community even more available for the brand itself, uh, because it's not just somebody interested in traveling in my case, but also someone who bought from me before. So there's extra trust level. Everybody knows that it's easier to market to someone who's already bought from you, right? Gotcha. And, and these and people so, are the ones who helped me create other products and launch new products, right? How would you, um, how, what, um, I see what tool were you using there? Like, how'd you get them in your sequence? Was there um, like a, a service or are you using Facebook Messenger? Um, are you yeah, using mini yeah. chat? Facebook I know Messenger. a lot of these tools have been pretty popular in our space for the last couple of years, but what was your, your tool of choice? Yeah, so in my case, it was uh, a QR code and a website link in case people don't want to use QR code or don't, mm -hmm. don't know how, if they're older, maybe. And they end up on my page where I have that Facebook pixel. And on that web page I had, there was just one button. 
claim your freebie and they click on it they end up on my many chat sequence okay uh, and the rest i can explain that i would ask them for an email if they want a lifetime gotcha. warranty offer them that ebook uh, and then offer them to join the community gotcha wow that's yeah. been pretty effective I, I would say that one of the strategies that I've, I've tried to employ here is i do have an insert in my product and um kind of a warranty for my, my, my product right and so i have it to where they scan they scan a qr code and and they're um one there they get to my facebook group um or well, actually the message just pops up and says one um contact customer service you know um and then there's another one is mm -hmm. register your product and yeah. so i'm taking a i'm taking one of these old school you know steps of registering your product like a lot of the things that you buy to have a registration card for your warranty and to validate etc that's how you build that asset of your community too in certain scenarios but it has to be an incentive now Although I don't have the value add quite yet, I will have a, a value add to where I'm like, hey, claim XYZ prize for this or uh, maybe a discount mm -hmm. for something that's complimentary that may or may not be something I sell or not, you know, but have something that's value added to them first. And then again, um, hit them with like, hey, do you want to join our community? I think that's really, that's really cool. So they yeah, ended up I getting to, I do all this through Facebook Messenger. Um, mm -hmm. Mini chat is what I'm using um, to, to get them there using the QR code on mini chat. Since Facebook messages have the Facebook code anymore, they, they got rid of that. They get into that sequence and then I manage that sequence there. I think one thing that stands out with your approach is that you give them value first. Yeah. Like, hey, do this. Um, for my product, it's a little bit tougher to do. So that's why I say with the register with the warranty and customer service, because um, I know there was a couple pain points that I want to make sure that I can solve very quickly. Um, and I guide them through that um, automated, like automated through um, the chat. But at the same time, um, for people who do like to engage and ask questions, you can start building a better conversation with them. When you register the product, I ask them for, you know, their name, email address, et cetera. So I can start building that asset. And I'm actually very surprised, you know, getting about 10 people out of hundred right now, roughly. So I think that's in line with what you were doing also. Um, mm -hmm. And that's going to be something that I can possibly leverage when I go to sell my company. And, and uh, again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a moment, but I, I think people don't understand that. Um, your customers are an asset and that's why Amazon's yes. protecting them because that's their asset, right? 100%. So if we're building a brand, we need to focus on building our assets, which is just not only our products, it is also the customer itself, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry to interrupt there, but that's, that's one to give you a little bit of break because you've definitely been talking. Um, but um, <laughs> that's, I, I've been trying to employ that and it's once it's set up, like it's the work, you do the work up front and once it's set up, it just runs. It yeah. runs when people engage with it. It runs and it keeps going, you know, and, and that's what I like about it. So it takes a little bit of work up front, but once it's going, just like, you know, building a detail page, it's going. So, yeah. And it's, it's obviously, it takes a lot on. of split testing. It's not like, hey, this is what you do. It's not what you do as much as how you do it, right? Everybody knows that Facebook Messenger can be automated, right? Right. But it's how you do it. Like in, in my case, I knew that my customers in my specific niche they like stories they like adventurous people they like okay. buying from other people like them versus a generic brand that doesn't even sound well because it's made by a person who doesn't speak english right mm -hmm. so i i first thing they saw in that messenger flow for example was my face and i was like hey my name's andre i'm the founder of this brand thank you so much for choosing the product you know so they know oh there's a human being oh that's the guy i bought it from interesting let me see what else he has to say you know <laughs> absolutely so i think wow. there's a lot of that human curiosity that you can implement in most brands like even if you sell something very simple i don't know iphone case is definitely not the best example but uh, 
a lot of stuff can be um, can benefit from human element added to it. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely, absolutely. Andre, I really appreciate the information you shared as far as like how how people the steps you've taken to build your brand and the importance of that. And I really want people to understand from this particular episode that it's really important that you focus on building that traffic and building that brand awareness and ownership. And I know we a lot of a lot of sellers do talk about it, um, but there's very few who are really doing it and doing it well. And so, um, but there are quite a few that are doing it, and you know, they end up selling their brands, et cetera. And so. Um, from my understanding, that will help you when you're negotiating the value of your brand, when you're going through valuations, et cetera. So if you could just talk a little bit about why did you decide to sell? Like why, why this time? Why was, why were you ready to do that, et cetera? Um, and maybe a little bit about that process, um, um, going that you, you know, going through like selling and evaluation, et cetera, if you don't mind. hundred percent. Yeah. Originally when I started this brand, I didn't plan to build it to sell but i knew that it's possible i was following some people who talk about it and i was like okay that's a good option it's nice to have that option it's not like if i don't feel like running this business i have to stop doing it and i'm done i have zero compensation from then on it's it's more like hey i can pass it on to reliable hands who can continue growing this business and i get compensated for what i built i like that idea but i only started really seriously considering selling in, in early 2020, I kind of thought about it and I was like, it's not really there. It's not, I'm not going to get much for it. And then, you know, 2020 was quite a roller coaster in March, specifically for my niche, at least uh, yes. sales dropped like crazy. And I was like, okay, no one's traveling anymore. I'm done. <laughs> what do I do? If somebody wants to buy this asset, I'm happy to pass it on. At some point I felt a little desperate because I put all like, you know, how cash intensive this is. Yeah. Everything I had was in this business. And I, I'm probably sometimes my perfectionism also works against me. I just don't want to do stuff half-ass. So I was doing like, it's the best quality product. It's the best uh, customer service. It's like, I spent a lot of time growing that community because it does take a lot of efforts. And then you're like, oh, my daily sales dropped to one tenth of what it used to be. Oh, Is really? It worth it, you know? So by the end of March, I was in a position of, hey, maybe I can sell it and whatever I get from it, it's already good. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I started talking to brokers about selling the business, what they think it would be worth and how, how much they could sell it for, I, I could see an uptick. Like April was already much better. And April was actually better than April in 2019. And then May was better than April. And then wow. June was better than May. And it, was, it kept growing. I was like, okay, it's, there's, there's a good trend there. So, wait, so in 2020, when people aren't traveling, they're still buying your product. Yeah, uh, more than ever. That's, <laughs> that's very surprising. And that's, that's a blessing for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but the, the reason they were still buying it is still a home decor item right yeah. and i think a lot of people were missing that the traveling part of things right that they missed their adventures and they were planning to travel more as soon as they could so they kept buying this as a reminder of their memories they had right and to plan some new adventures and like pretty much everybody i talk to loves traveling so it's hard to forget that we can right and i think that that's part of the reason and the other big part of the reason i think was anyone uh, including my grandma started buying online and Amazon is the place to, to yep. go if you look for anything pretty much. Right. So a lot more traffic ended up on Amazon and a lot of new customers ended up looking at my listings. And since I was positioned as the winner, like a lot of reviews, extremely high ranking, super well branded images, everything, right. A lot of them were choosing to buy the best. 
And that's that's how I explained it at least. I don't have any data proving that, but that's kind of the uh, mood I kind of caught in the group that I was managing, right? Yeah. So every month was getting better. I was like, okay, it's going well, yet I already kind of committed to exiting. I always started thinking about new, new stuff. You know, us entrepreneurs, we easily get bored. And I started brainstorming about new brand ideas, what else I could do in my life, how I can use this experience I have and go into something that has higher scale potential, basically. So I fell in love with the idea of exiting and every month I could see that my valuation would go up because they look at the trail in 12 months, right? That's a good position to be in. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. So I decided to pull the trigger. I had a little bit of experience of selling with one broker that I didn't end up selling with. I feel like their process not perfect for what I was looking for. Okay. So my offers were not very good. And then I switched to a different broker. I liked their process pretty automated. And I got better offers there right away within like the first week, I think I had like 10 calls scheduled. So there was yeah. definitely a lot of interest. And that's, that's I think that's October uh, last year. So Can you share interest, brokers or are you under NDA or something with that? Uh, yeah, the broker I used was Ecom, uh, sorry, Empire Flippers. Okay, that was the first uh, one or the uh, the one that ended up being- That was better. the one I sold it with. Oh, I don't, really? I don't okay, want to okay. mention so the other one. you start off initially with that you didn't really like? I don't think I should mention the name. They're also okay. great people. They helped me a lot. Uh, it just, I feel like their process wasn't beneficial for my specific okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So you know, so you had a first broker, didn't really like the process and what they were doing. Um, yeah. Going well, to I think Empire Flippers is pretty well known in the space about selling e-commerce brands, especially Amazon brands also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Yeah, and I, I'm still in touch with them. I, I, all these guys, and if anybody wants an intro to someone who helped me sell my business, I'm happy to do so. Uh, but long story short, uh, the, the offers that came in were good enough for me to pull the trigger. So uh, I ended up in a bidding war, actually. So there, there was somebody who offered a little more. The original person couldn't bid more than they originally bid. So I ended up selling it to someone who's around my age, private sale. So not a venture capital group or anything like that. Okay. Uh, they they had uh, their in-laws co-invest, amazing people. I felt like, okay, the community is in good hands. They will take care of this. They plan to scale. It's not just going to be used as a cash cow, right? And that was important to me also because I built that brand as my baby, right? Nice. Uh, so I passed it on to good hands. And as soon as I did that, I kept looking what's happening. Like they would be able to reach out to me from time to time as well. So I helped them learn the process. They never sold on Amazon before. And November, December were already the best November, December's ever in the brand after I sold the business. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so that was that's interesting. Awesome. To, that to is watch. awesome. So that's good. So um, we're definitely going to wrap this up, but at the end of this, how does it feel? How does it feel that you were able to build a brand? You're selling it. You got that deposit in the bank account. I know it has to feel great, but tell me in your words, like, how does it feel for you? I had mixed feelings at different times. In the beginning, I was excited. I was like, okay, I'm selling. This is great. Uh, it kind of means that I, I know something as an entrepreneur, right? But then as soon as I received the money, I looked at the money uh, and I was like, what do I do with this? It's not even a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of people who can figure out uh, what to do with that. But no, um, yeah, I, no I, I know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's I'm not in a position that yeah. I've sold my business, you know, and hopefully I will be. Um, oh, for sure. You, you hit on an interesting point is that I'm going, yeah, I'm going to feel excited. I'm probably going to celebrate, do all that good stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I've been busting butt for the last three and a half, four years. 
Oh what yeah. What am I going to do now? <laughs> and and I already know that I'm going to get right back into it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm going to get right back into it. There may be other um other more passion like passion projects I want to start, but it's all going to be entrepreneurship. It's definitely going to be creating more businesses. Yes. And, so, and you know why? It's once you try this once, once you taste that freedom and the the impact that you can make on your compensation on people's lives. It's hard yeah. to go back and just do routine tasks, Absolutely. right? It's a creative process. And a lot of people enjoy that. Like me and you, I'm sure we enjoy that. And same, same happened to me the next next week or so. I was like, okay, I woke up. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No emails. Like, I, don't have, I don't have to check what's happening with my inventory. Like it's weird. And I missed that. I missed the, the <laughs> every day. You know, right. those are the things that we're like, Oh man, I hope nothing's going wrong. Let me check the inventory and stop. It's like, man, I'm not checking sales. I'm not checking inventory. That is hilarious. When I'm out of stock, which I am right now, I'm sitting here waking up. It's like, all right, well, I got to figure out something to do. So what can I do to help the brand yeah, do yeah. something? Are there other opportunities, et cetera, new product research or something? Because I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't have anything actively going right now. It's so frustrating. <laughs> Um, yeah, so now I'm working on the next brand because I just can't live without building something. And even if it doesn't go well, it's like, I love the journey, you know? Absolutely. Um, and you never know, you're never guaranteed. Like I sold the business, obviously I'll do my best and I'll, I'm not going to give up if I believe in it, but it's there's no guarantee that it's going to go much better. Mm -hmm. But yeah. at the same time, like what do I want to do for the rest of my life? If I keep doing what I enjoy, I'll do it well and I'll continue growing as an entrepreneur, as an e-commerce brand builder, and I'll continue paying back. So obviously all these relationship deposits that I'm making every day, they'll, they'll pay back eventually. It's not like I'm expecting from someone anything, but like I, I believe in balance, right? The more you give, the more you get. So if I'm creating something for my heart, it's a better product. It's going to solve somebody's problem better. Eventually it will lead me to the right direction. It will work out. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm excited for these new, new projects. And for me, the sale was more like a proof of concept. I was like, okay, it works. It works. There's value to Let's what I built. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Andre, man, I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you for a wonderful conversation. Um, well, thank um, I heard you, man. a little bit more detail than I've heard before, man. We haven't had a chance to connect. Um, so I'll definitely be connecting with you so we can just catch up. Um, I know it's absolutely. been quite a while. Anytime. We've chatted here and there, you know, but we really haven't just sat down and just had a, a nice conversation, man. We'd love to do that. Unfortunately, I can't go to Vancouver because I would love to. Oh, my gosh, I would love to, man. I just kind of get out of Seattle for a little bit. But Anyways, man, so how, how would people reach you? If they want to reach out to you, maybe connect with you, um, et cetera, how can they do that? What are your socials or a group that they can find you in? Yeah, they can find me everywhere. I'm pretty active uh, on all of the platforms. So Andre Sadlock. And if they want just uh, to see what, what I'm up to, what I'm working on, it's andresadlock.com. So A-N-D-R-I-S-A-D-L-A-K.com. And I'm actually working on an e-commerce mastermind, basically what worked for me. I want to scale it a little bit just to help others build brands. And yeah, no real goals to make this my next thing because I really love building the actual brands, but this will Absolutely. be more like paying back to the community. Absolutely, man. Well, definitely. I appreciate your time, man. I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Um, this has been an amazing uh, first podcast for me, first episode. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing much more. Um, again, feedback was, thank you for having me here. Uh, I really do appreciate it. If anybody wants to like, check me out, um, you can look at my YouTube channel, um, very modest YouTube channel, um, at David Liggins, the second that's L I G G I N S the second I I, um, you can find me there. I've had some content there, et cetera. Um, yes, but yeah, I really appreciate your time, Andre, man. Uh, it's been <laughs> great speaking with you. Um, and hopefully Likewise. we can just we connect pretty soon. Um, maybe do this again, but 
Uh, Absolutely, yeah. That, subscribe everybody to David's YouTube. I'm sure I'm subscribed. <laughs> I'm there as well. Uh, let's let's stay connected. It's a small world. Let's help. Absolutely, each other. absolutely, definitely a small world, man. I appreciate your time, man. I'll definitely talk to you later. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, and for more information, please visit feedbackwiz.com.